0: Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida. Welcome to the Paper Stack Podcast, where we cover current topics in the note industry, give you tactics for your note business and talk with industry leaders to make you a better note investor. And now your hosts, Brett Berkey and Rick Allen.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Paper Stack Podcast. I am Brett Berkey and this is my colleague here, Rick Allen. We are going to have something fun today. It's different than what we normally do, which normally we'll talk about a topic that is Something you should know, something that might help you in your no business. But today we're going to be talking about something that has happened or is is happening, maybe, is happening. War stories that uh, Rick has experienced through his career as either a real estate investor or as a note investor. We're trying to find, for you, it's like one of those things where what they say about advice, it's always good to have the advice, take it for what it's worth, take away the the nuggets and throw away the rest. That's what we're going to do here. Mm-hmm. Take what Rick has experienced and find where, you looking back, You can go, oh, that, okay, I'm not going to do that. Or I should look out for that next time I'm in that situation. But it's helpful and people like to hear these stories. So we're going to start with some stuff. And Rick, start it out. What, let's start it out. What's, what is the
0: worst note buying experience that you've ever had oh hands down the best the worst note buying experience we ever had was really the catalyst for developing paper stack ah it was so how it goes it was our first sort of note purchase our first for us big trade right mm-hmm. somebody found us and it, they they gave us a pool of assets and they were literally asking 20 to 25 cents on the dollar Wow. It was just like super cheap stuff. That's cheaper than what it normally was at that time. Even at that time, it, that was cheap for the time. Mm-hmm. It was, so it was, I guess that should have been the first red flag. Were Isn't they all it? non-performing? Yeah, we were all non-performing. Most of them were, were. there was a couple that were vacant, but owner occupied. What happened was we got this pool of assets and we said, look, we're interested. And we we, we pulled out for us what was a lot. About two hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of product. That's a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of juice, a lot of notes, and we ended up. I to say was the tape way bigger? Oh, it was huge! It was huge. There was probably five hundred assets on there. Okay, and so you cherry picked, or we cherry picked the ones that we thought that we, in areas that we were interested in, which were non-judicial states, is what we were focusing on. Gosh, so at,
1: at this time you were already out of playing in your backyard.
0: We we yeah we had moved. This was at first big step to, to not buying in Florida. We had purchased a few outside the state, but now it was like, okay, we're moving on. Did you have your boots on the, the ground type no. teams? Nothing. State's number one. Okay. That was on. a mistake. We didn't have boots on the ground. All right. Keep. And so what we did is we, we found the assets and we sent the, the, whoever we were buying them from sent us a, they said, look, you need to put money in escrow. Okay. So we put money in escrow. I was like, we need an inspection period, quote, unquote, we need to run our due diligence. Inspection period, we need a due diligence period. And so they're like, we need the money. We need to know that you're a real buyer. So we're like, fine. So we wired 250000 to this attorney that we didn't know. And oh so we were, we were real nervous yeah, yeah. about it. And we signed paperwork that said we had 14 days to get the due diligence. Okay. Right. So they were like, okay, give us the due diligence. They're like, all right, we'll set up a data room for you. And they're on, they're like sending us emails and they're going, Hey, you should have the data files. And they tell us that on like on a Thursday afternoon and I wasn't in on Friday. So I'm like, whatever, I'll deal with it on Monday. Monday comes in. I'm like, yeah, no, there's no data files. I don't know what you're talking about. We shared them to you with their Dropbox. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, I don't have any, I'm searching my email, I'm searching Dropbox, I've got nothing. And Monday turns into Wednesdays, now Friday, and I'm like, guys, where are these files? And I don't hear anything back from them. Monday comes back around and they're like, listen, the, you have the files, I can see you've got the files. We send them to your Dropbox. I'm like, look, I don't have any files, I got no email. They're like, look, it's right here. And they send me, they re-forward me the link, and the link is for Box. It's not for Dropbox, it's for Box, which is a competitor of Dropbox. And apparently I had a Box account. I didn't even know it. And Box has a feature that it auto accepts.
2: Are you new to the mortgage note industry? Have you been wanting to learn the step-by-step process to purchase your first mortgage note? Well, you're in luck. We've convinced our CEO, Rick Allen, to break down everything he knows about mortgage note investing. Through a series of 50 videos, you'll get everything from start to finish of where to purchase notes, how to purchase notes, and all of Rick's investing techniques he has developed over the many years. From performing note tactics to non-performing notes, Rick gives you everything he knows about investing. Bonuses include our glossary of industry terms, Rick's own proprietary calculators he created to evaluate notes, discounts from our partners, our Rolodex of vendors, a private Facebook group, along with a lot more. We've packed so much content into the Academy to take you from beginner to expert in no time. To learn more about the Academy, go to academy.paperstack.com welcome. Again, that is academy.paperstack.com welcome.
0: All invitations. Which, I don't know but it auto accepts invitations. And so I I was just like, oh my gosh. So I'm like, the clock has been ticking in my head. So your due diligence period is running down down and running down. They should reset that at that point. It's running down quickly. And I'm like, listen, here's the issue. And they're like, oh, just do your due diligence. And so we run our due diligence and we had this collection of loans we are gonna buy. And we start getting in there and start running our DD. And we come to find out that half the homes had been lost a tax deed already. Like, which means it like, yeah. it was unsecured debt. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Of whatever was left over half of those had been demolished because they, the city had seen them unfit to live in. And so we're like, I'm in a panic at this point. Cause I'm like, oh shit, we've got money out. Our, our due diligence period is questionable at best on when it's expiring. And and like, how am I, like, you guys sent us these assets that are garbage. So it was just such a, oh my gosh. So they end up replacing, they're like pretty cool about it. They end up like, look, we'll replace the assets. Let's find new ones for you. And they're like, okay. And look, like I'm real worried about, it. I'm like, look, I got this quarter million dollars and it's not my money. Yeah. Like, I got a fiduciary responsibility. I'm like, we, we so I'm like, I'm freaking out. Yeah. You know, we end up getting it to where they end up giving us an extension on our due diligence period. We replace the assets. We fill it up with actual assets that have not been lost, that are decent-looking assets. And they end up sending us the collateral files on everything. So we close a the transaction. They have to send us back money. And we start getting collateral files in. And one of the collateral files, which is one of the ones we bought that was local, is here in our backyard. There was nothing original in the collateral file except for the lost note, note affidavit. And they said they, put, they gave us insurance policies on all of them, title policies. I felt pretty comfortable, but it was like, look, I had, I was still fairly green, but I knew, look, having nothing original, just a lost note <laughs> affidavit wasn't good. That wasn't good. No. Wow. And so that was scary. And so that's when we were like, okay, we need to sort out paper stack. But then, uh, I don't know if it was like. How'd you miss, the, how did you miss those ones the first time around? Did because they... we, we put an indicative bid in.
1: I mean, but the ones that they replaced them with, were was that on the table already?
0: Yeah, they were on the tape. And so they just found them and said, Hey, these are these. No, ones. we did. They said go find more of them. And we're like, okay, we need to find more of them. So we went through and looked and started searching and doing all that stuff. And at that point we're like, okay, these are these will work. But so to close the trades closed out, we've got the collateral files. And it was a the, the final like kick in the gut. And it it shouldn't matter, but it was like they ended up I think we ended up buying I want to say it was like six or seven assets on that trade. And I think they wound up scalping it for 50 grand in fees on us. Like whoever was selling it to us was getting it from somebody else because they accidentally sought us, sold or sent us their internal spreadsheet that had their spread on there. And TJ and I, we got this spread and we're like, oh man, that sucked. They put $50,000 worth of bees on the,
1: like, mm-hmm. We
0: got fast fast forward. God, yeah, fifty thousand dollars worth of fees. Yeah, yeah, what's the final price on it? The two fifty. I don't even know. We ended up, we ended up buying it. I think they sent back one forty, so we probably pay. We were like the one twenty range. (laughs) (laughs) Almost half of it was. was Oh my gosh! But dude, so listen to this. Fast forward, (laughs) we end up, we end up making probably 120 grand on one asset oh. because we ended up foreclosing the girl ended up there was just one girl in there it was in Georgia and like South Park or High Park Georgia it was right outside Atlanta she ends up like trying to buy the house is paying us money and ends up like it's look can you cuz it was her mother's house she was trying to get it never could do anything so we just we had to take the house back so we took the house back and it was at uh it was at A point when the market was it was just before it was maybe a year and a half ago when the market was maybe two years ago when the market was just like really starting to rocket ship up and so we ended up doing well on that one but we made money on every single deal and how long do you have to hold that if if we were collecting rent on it too she was paying us rent oh okay so you kept that asset for a while oh yeah we kept that one for five years yeah, okay. But collected rent on it, and then after that, we sold it for a huge nut. Just made huge money on it. But we made money on everything, even the one that had no... The lost note? Yeah, we ended up turning around and reselling that one for five grand profit, like, immediately. The note itself? The lost note. <laughs> <laughs> the, lo- <laughs> the, the mortgage. <laughs> we, ended up, we ended up selling that one immediately. And wow. Uh, we were like, I was like, we got to get this one out of here they wouldn't sign the house over to us it was just what, what do you think happened with that one uh, no 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 I don't know. no there were there were some good deals i mean that that will go to show you that no matter what however if you buy something cheap enough we, we were at like like 20 25 cents on the dollar so you made it work we made it work we made money but me that was a tough one yeah
1: i remember tj saying something about the word he's like <laughs> eating dinner with
0: You guys don't know, have any clue where this money's at? And you're just like, I have no idea where this money's at. Well, I know where the money is. It's just, it was my first time doing business where I wasn't buying from a a hedge fund. Mm. We were buying from somebody that we knew. And I forget how we even met these people, this guy, but we met this guy and he was hooked us up with, I think it was Peak Servicing, which was just an, I think they're out of business now, a nightmare of a servicing company or horrible. And then this guy brought us, who was actually in on that trade. Dickie Baldwin. Yeah. It's Dickie Baldwin. <laughs> and of course, Dickie wasn't the front man on it and didn't know much about it. He was just, as Dickie is, a connector. Hey. He <laughs> was connecting the pieces, but it was actually pretty.
1: six degrees of separation. When, when, when Dickie,
0: Dickie Ball was <laughs> in there somewhere. Yeah, Dickie Baldwin's like Kevin Bacon. No, so that was a, That was definitely one of those war stories where you're like, it started Paperstack, and it was our first. But it turned out larger, good. Yeah, it's a larger trade. We did really well in it, but it was really just all the pieces of that puzzle that went wrong were the actual foundation of for Paperstack. Yeah. If you look at what Paperstack is today, yeah, the foundational pieces it went really off. We tried to, we tried to fix the system with Paperstack by doing that. I like it because your worst trade actually, we probably wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't for that trade. Maybe not, maybe not. Had least, things gone easy, you'd probably been like, eh, we can get by. But it was like, you're just like, this is- No, we, we love the space. At this time we'd been in the space for two years. We're like, man, this investment cost. I remember when we got into it, I came from the wholesale side of the business and the fix and flip and the rental portfolio. And we, TJ and I had a, um, we had a wholesale company mm-hmm. with a partner, Calvin Brown, Investment Homes Direct. That we started after we left Realnet, and it, it it was really good. But the thing about wholesale is it was really easy to get into it. Mm. And so when uh, the bank agent the first time the bank agent introduced me mm-hmm. or was introduced to me by REO agent Beagle, it was like I was asking around to other people, like Hey, you were bought notes, and uh, you start asking around to the circle of people that you do business with. Mm-hmm. And that was at the time wholesaling and fixing flips and rentals here locally in Orlando. And nobody knew about it. Nobody was. They were like, no, no, it's like hard money loans. Or I'm like, no, yeah, no. Do you ever buy Mm -hmm. any notes from the banks? They even sell those. you are like, no. I don't know. No, I don't. I don't think so. So we were like, that's perfect. That's the blue ocean strategy. We were just like, hey. And that's how that's how I always been. Like I would always look at something, and if everybody like when the REOs hit, this is a really good example. I got really good at hitting like wholesale deals for fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 fees on one house because everybody was offering on this, just this pile of REO inventory. And I would still offer on them because you want to get your five grand hits. But I would just go and I started looking at like probate deals or land, or not land trust, but estates. States. Because I was like, those people are probably dead. And there's people there who want to sell their, they're like, People are like, the real estate market was super low. Mm-hmm. Those people want to sell their house because they just inherited it. And they're probably not getting many offered because everybody's offering on the REO stuff. I remember that story you told me how it was basically,
1: and this is great for people that, are, that just are listening. I, I I remember where we were. It was like five or six in the morning at at Retro, left the gym. And so we were working out. Okay. And you told me how to do it was you would look at. Find a state that has five or six heirs that all knew that, hey, look, uh, you know, I'm going to get whatever,
0: 10% or whatever. I say five or if there's, so if there's five people and they're going to get, each going to get, say it's a $100,000 house, we'll just use that as numbers. Mm -hmm. And they're going to get, they're all thinking, I'm going to get 20 grand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I would always find, it's like double-edged sword, but I would like to find them where there was like five people who were going to get 20 grand as opposed to two people who are going to get 50, 50 grand because on the when it's two people there's less decision makers but if i tell them like hey i need to get it for 70 yeah. that means they're each losing 15 grand mm-hmm. right versus yeah. if i tell five people yeah. i need to get it for 70 they're each losing 6 grand right so five people are like "Yeah, hey, it's only $6,000 less yeah it's okay versus well oh, shit i'm losing 15. 15, that's, it's a lot more to stomach. So I would always go for, you say like blue ocean stripes. I would always do that. And then when the just be on the opposite side of the herd, and that's how it worked out. And so once we found out that nobody was doing notes, at least locally, we're like, let's do it. That's super
1: cool. That's super cool. that's a really cool story, man. That's that. I, I always like hearing that one. That, that's that's one you can put your kids to sleep with. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a bedtime story, but it's a really good one. So that I like that. That's the the worst no transaction Rick's ever had, and thank God he had it because yeah, that would have he would have never ran into me at Publix, and (laughs) yeah, he only ran into me at Publix. I had my daughter's backpack on. I remember I didn't think I was going to see there or anybody there, but I had a. Why would you be wearing her backpack in the grocery store? I don't know. I forgot why she was. I don't know where she was, but I had her backpack on, and she wasn't with me. That's uh, probably not good. But pour uh, yeah. the tears out of you on that one, huh? <laughs> Yeah, but that's... Uh, all right, cool, man. Yeah, the, that's the, it for this uh, podcast. If you guys have something you want to hear, um, always welcome for new stories. Of course, you know, subscribe, like, all that other stuff, share. And, uh, yeah, what's your worst story? Tell us if you're a note investor. Put in the comments below, see if we can collect some stuff. Someone
0: with the Ta-da. best story gets a T-shirt. Yeah, if you get got a really bad yeah, story, if put you've got a really nightmarish story. Well, why don't we do this? Let's choose. We'll choose the worst one and give them a t-shirt, but also bring them on and oh, tell the host, story. host them on the podcast. You can come on and tell your story. That'd be cool. All right. Put Very it cool. in the comments. Give me your worst note story, and, yeah, we'll bring you on the podcast, and you get to get the interview and get the spotlight on you for a little bit. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good to me. Cool. See you guys.